0: which is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.cornerstone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Open your Bibles again to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, the 14th chapter. This is a chapter filled with the events of the last days of Christ's life, that last week filled with all kinds of uh, things that are probably familiar to you if you've read the Bible, if you uh, know a lot about the whole Easter season and what we celebrate as Easter. Uh, and yet, when we look into that one chapter, it's amazing how it is filled with what seems to be nightmares. You know, Judas betrays Jesus and sets up his arrest. Uh, we see Jesus predict that Peter's going to deny him, uh, we see a Jesus arrested and a series of false trials began. Uh, then the prediction that Jesus made about Peter comes true as he denies him. All kinds of different things that look like total chaos in this 14th chapter of Mark. And that's what we've been talking a lot about is how chaos and uncertainties uh, really produce this doubt in our lives. You know, we're called to be people of great faith, and kind of this choice between Having faith in God and what He has asked of us, and and doubting because we don't know that with certainty uh, which way this is going to go, and and so um, so oftentimes we, in this call to be people of great faith, um, we live in this world of doubt, and it's the chaos, it's the uncertainty that allows us to go from that place that we looked at last week, from wondering, just wondering, to a place of wandering, and we actually see that in this chapter seems like a terrible ending to the three-year ministry of Christ. It seems like the plan is unraveling. In fact, it almost seems like there wasn't a plan after all, that it's just kind of everything is coming unglued. And there's so much chaos going on that we begin to to really wonder if we really put ourselves in the place of the disciples, uh, what the future holds. Now, not to trivialize what all we see in the Bible, and it's, and it's certainly what Christ went through, but you know, we find ourselves right now in a matter of that chaos, this feeling of disruption, this feeling that we had plans, and this is what we're going to do, and all of a sudden those plans are disrupted. For example, uh, for some, this is the end of a spring break, supposedly. For others, it was going to be the beginning of a spring break this weekend. And yet, any plans, whether you're going to go to the beach or the mountains or you're going to go to grandma's, whatever it is, those plans now have been put aside. They're disrupted. I really feel for the seniors. The seniors are the ones that seem to get the the very short end of all of this because they had prom and graduation and baccalaureate and all these celebrations of what they have accomplished in these past 12 years. And now it's disrupted. Uh, Even from uh, other vantage points, people that were planning to retire. They had everything kind of lined up, everything kind of going in the right direction, maybe even a date on the calendar, this was going to be my last date. And now because of the financial upset that has come with oh, with all the Corona uh, virus, now maybe they, they're uncertain, can I retire? Disruption is a part of life in a broken world. It's a part of our lives as broken people in this broken world. And when we have this disruption in our lives, it is so hard for us to to kind of remember that, that maybe God is going to use all of this in a plan. See, our plans, we always want them to go just according to step one, step two, step three. And God oftentimes, instead of one, two, three, he'll do one, seven, five, twelve. God's just like that. But never in a place where there's not purpose in that. See, that's the real challenge that we face. We desire to come up with a perfect plan, and yet we live in a world of uncertainty. And that's the part that frightens us, and that's when things get out of control. When we look into Mark chapter 14, what we see is a plan, if again, if there even seemingly was a plan, that is out of control. And yet in the midst of all that seems to be going wrong, we see a calmness of our Savior. In the midst of that chaos... And instead of finding Jesus a step behind things, folks, when we look intimately into this chapter, we see that Christ is actually a step ahead of things. Everything is happening just as it had been prophesied, just as the Father had willed. Mark chapter 14, verse 12. And on the first day of the unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare you to eat the the, the Passover? See, the Passover had very strict guidelines. Uh, The lamb was selected on the 10th day of Nisan. Uh, The lamb was uh, inspected them for blemishes and slain on the 14th day. The lamb was consumed on the 15th day during Passover. All this done inside the walls of Jerusalem. They had a lot of order. There was a plan to carry out every Passover. And so the, the disciples, they know about these plans. This has been a part of their heritage, a part of their history, a part of who they were, their traditions. And so they asked Jesus, okay, what is the plan? We know that all these things have to happen for Passover. Christ, what is your plan? Look at verse 13 through 15. And he sent, that is, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city And a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of that house, the teacher says, where is my guest room? Where where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready there prepared for us. Jesus instructs Peter and John. Uh, We see uh, John, both of those in Luke chapter 22 uh were the two people that he instructs to go out into the city. And they're to look for a man carrying a a jug of water. And that would have been somewhat easy to find because for the most part, uh, men didn't carry the water. Usually the ladies were the ones that were carrying the water and going to the well and bringing it back. And so this guy probably would have stood out. It wouldn't have been, you know, where there was four or five different guys that they had had to ask. And, And so they go to the city and they find this man carrying water just as Jesus had said. They follow him to uh to the house and the owner of the house, they go up just as they were instructed to do, and uh Peter go through all the goes through all these things and they find it is exactly as Jesus said. Now folks, I want you to think about that. That may seem like really small details. I mean in all what was going on that last week, here Christ is about to die on a cross Uh, he's about to, to give his life as the lamb that was slain. And this seems like such a small detail. Go find a man. He's got a jug of water. Go ask this owner about this, if we can use this room. And yet look closely at verse 15. It says, and he will show you a large upper room. Do you notice those last three words? Furnished and ready. It was the same way when Jesus told his disciples to go find a cult in Matthew uh, 21 so that he could ride into what we often call the triumphant entry on Palm Sunday. They went and they they found this cult exactly as Jesus had said. A small detail, I mean a, a little cult, and yet this plan had been in the prophecy of God's will and his plan for all time. We can go all the way back to, to Psalm 41-9 and we begin to see that Judas is already, this man is going to be betraying Jesus Christ. The same is true for Peter's denial in verses 30 and 31. Jesus predicts it and even though Peter adamantly says that it's never going to happen, Jesus knows that it is. Small details, but details that show us that Christ is very much in control, that God is working the plan of the ages, really the plan of eternity for our behalf. But from the disciples' eyes, I can only imagine that it looked like nothing but chaos. Look at Mark 14, 31. This is Peter's response when, when Jesus says, you know, you, you're going to deny me, <laughs> not once, not twice, but three times. And, and in verse 31, he But he said emphatically, that is Peter said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And I really believe that Peter meant that with all of his heart. I believe that he really did trust that he was courageous, that he loved Jesus so much that he would die for Christ, that he would never even think about denying him. Have you ever contemplated the perfect plan? What goes into a perfect plan? I mean, I think most of us, as we grow into adulthood, we begin to try to get a plan for our life, and and all of a sudden we begin to, you know, try to discover what is the secret of the perfect plan? Where do I work? How many children do I have? Do we move here or there? How long do I work? All these different things about having a perfect plan for our life. And what goes into that? In one way, we can put all that responsibility on our shoulders. And we can say, okay, it's all in my wisdom, it's all in my own intellect, it's all in my own ability to come up with a perfect plan. Others would say, well, you know, it's just kind of fate, you know, that we can make all the plans in the world, but you know, when it really comes down to it, it's just fate, it's destiny, some forces out there, um, and then others are going to say, you know, I can make plans, but it's the Lord is going to order the steps. In other words, that there's a sovereign God that has a plan for our lives and that we want to live in union with that. You see, that the answer to that question there, how do you come up with a perfect plan, really is going to be the ultimate question of how we face not only life in general, but this time of of the coronavirus and the uncertainty of tomorrow. Do we just, is it all upon our shoulders as dads, as leaders in the home, as moms and dads, as parents of children, is it all upon our shoulders to come up and construct the perfect plan and then just to work that plan? Is it simply going to be destiny? That just how, whatever fate, whatever way the wind blows, that that we're kind of just suspect to that? Or is there a sovereign God who knows your name has a plan for our lives, a personal plan, not just a plan for America, a plan for Georgians, a plan for those people that live in Jackson County, but no, a plan for Bobby Linkus a, a plan for you. When we begin to think about that, then all of a sudden this whole attitude of fate and destiny, this uh, uh sera, sera what will be, will be, it, it kind of goes out the window because That's not what happens when we put our faith and our trust in God. See, everything that God had planned for the ages was now coming true. We can go all the way back to Isaiah 53. And and it says in Isaiah 53 that Jesus would be despised and rejected by man. That Jesus would bear our griefs and our sorrows. That he would be pierced for our transgressions. That he would be crushed for our iniquities that everything that would happen to him, that he, this would bring peace to us and it would heal our wounds. Hundreds of years before, this was God's plan. And yet to the disciples who knew that scripture, they'd probably, in fact, probably heard Christ actually read that scripture on, on a Sabbath. And yet now they're confronted with this Sabbath, I mean, with this, this uh, truth and this prophecy and what they were seeing around them. Mark chapter 14, verse 22 through 23. Jesus sits them down and they begin to have what we call the Lord's Supper. And as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all all drank of it. Folks, this was not a plan that was falling apart. This was actually a plan that was coming together. For centuries, God's people had been sacrificing a lamb at Passover to be reminded of God's mercy and his grace and their deliverance of, of, from slavery back in Egypt. But now God was sending the final lamb that would shed his blood once and for all, a final sacrifice. And that day had come. After Christ, there would be no more Passover lambs needed. After Christ, there would be no more shedding of blood needed. God's perfect plan for all eternity was now in the making. When we begin to look at this scripture, we can only imagine what confidence we get that God is in control. But let's remember that perspective of people like Peter. When he was told that he was going to deny Christ, he refused to even allowed that to become a thought in his mind. He adamantly just rejected that whole thought and said, Christ is not going to happen. Later on, though, after Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, Peter wrote some of the books of the New, what we call the New Testament. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 through 20, uh, listen to Peter after the story, after he's able to look back at the perfection of God's plan how all of this had been worked for the gospel how all of this had come to a place to redeem lost people that would place their trust in this lamb of god this is what peter writes 1st peter chapter 1 verse 18 through 20 knowing that you were ransomed from your futile ways inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Now look at verse 20. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for for the sake of you. Time allowed Peter to look back to this chaotic week and say, okay, I, I see now that God was working something, that God was carrying out the prophecies of the ages, that God was doing something bigger than I could ever imagine. Or perhaps maybe in five years, 10 years, 15 years, uh, maybe it'll take more time in history for us to look back on this time uh, in the world and our nation and, and our own family to be able to see what God was working. This morning, you may think, feel that your life is pretty much just uh, filled with chaos. More questions than answers. Instead of a plan coming together, all your plans are falling apart. Dear Christian, here's what I would commend to you this morning. And even if you're not a Christian, maybe you're uh, listening this morning and you don't have that personal relationship in Christ. You, You know some biblical things, you know kind of about God and You've heard the story how Jesus was the Savior of the world, but you've never really trusted that. You've never really put your faith in that. Here's our temptation to develop a personal plan, to work that plan to the best of our ability. And when that plan doesn't work because we can't control it, to get frustrated, to become scared and frightened, and to doubt. This morning, I want you to to look at this story from Mark chapter 14. All those events that were taking place, and I want you to have confidence that God is always working things for two purposes, for his glory and for your good. The scripture tells us that. God is all about his glory and he will use even this whole time in our world now with this virus for his glory. In the past couple weeks, Perhaps more people have heard the word of God than in recent history. The internet broke a couple of weeks ago. There were so many people live streaming, uh, I think two Sundays ago, that it just kind of froze up. Guys, that's amazing. In the middle of all this chaos, I know it's personally affected us. I know that, that it's... it's You know, there's some of you that are in the medical field and you're on the front lines. I can only imagine that there is worry and anxiety and your perfect plan is seemingly coming apart. Know that there's a God who is sovereign, who is loving and kind, and that he's in control. He's taking care of little details with great precision that we're unaware of. I'm going to mess up this quote, but John Piper says something. You know, that in every one of our lives, God is always doing like 10,000 things, and we may at best be aware of three of them. I really like that. You know, that God is doing all these things, working in our lives, and all we see is maybe just one or two or three. Take confidence today. Take confidence as you look and as we come into this Easter season, as we look at this last week of Christ Everything seemed to be falling apart, and yet little details. A man with some water, a room prepared and ready, a colt ready to be ridden into a triumphant entry. God is working out the details. God is working in our lives, and he will give us that calm and that peace. We may not see it now, but maybe like Peter, we're going to be able to look back and say, okay, this is what God was doing. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, and has made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Let's pray together this morning, Father. We love you and we thank you, Father. We just we like to have a plan, and Father, in order to have that perfect plan, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to uh, to be wise and smart, and those are good things. And yet, Father, we find ourselves right now where we cannot even make plans for next week. Father, next month is in question. Things that we can't even, you know, that just like vacation Bible school, Father, that we begin to want our care. Are we going to have vacation Bible school this year? Father, in all the chaos and all the things that seem to be coming apart at the seams, Father, will you show us these uh, little details that you're taking care of. Father, in the same way that you brought out these prophecies, Father, from hundreds of years before, and you carried them out to the finest of details, Father, give us a confidence, not in ourselves, not in our ability to develop the perfect plan and to work it, but to trust you. Father, thank you that you know us by name, that you sent us a savior, And at the end of that Easter week, Father, we begin to see the redeeming work that you have provided for man for all the ages. We love you and we thank you, Father, as we pray this in the hope that is Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening today.